0: are first and foremost, learning to love myself. When you don't love yourself, you're gonna put up with so much more bullshit. You can only accept the love from others equal to how much you love yourself. So when I was in that toxic relationship, I had zero self-worth, I had zero self-love. Hey, what's up y'all? Welcome to the Perfectly Broken Podcast. Just like the Japanese art of Kintsugi, we're not trying to hide the cracks of our broken past, but rather highlight those struggles with gold. I will be vulnerable, real, and raw with y'all as we figure out how we can turn the damaged pottery of our lives into stunning works of art that are even more beautiful than we ever thought possible. Hey, welcome back to the Perfectly Broken Podcast. Today, I am going to talk about something that one of my listeners requested, and I love when you guys send in requests, it makes it so much easier for me. So he asked me to talk about how to survive abuse in relationships, from family, you know, the things that we go through. I love this topic because a girl has been through her fair share of abuse, and I have had to learn how to process it and heal from it. Now I am thriving and doing better than ever and if y'all hear my voice I am getting sick yet again. I just got over a cold and then I went to a retreat this weekend and woke up this morning feeling a little under the weather so if I sound a little funny then that's why. Uh, So my abuse started really young And I was never physically abused by my father. I mean, I was spanked. That was a very common thing back in those days. So I don't really think of that as that much of abuse but he was very emotionally abusive, very controlling. We did family therapy one time and afterwards they pulled me aside and said that he was the most controlling parent they had ever encountered. And without going into too many details about all of that, he just was obsessively controlling every little thing in my life and when I tried to have an opinion he would emotionally annihilate me. We had such big blowout fights because I was the only person in the family that was willing to stand up to him. I tried to do it in a respectful way But he did not allow me to have a voice, to be my own person. So it was extremely difficult growing up. And now I am able to find so much more forgiveness, so much more sympathy, because I recognize that he had a previous marriage and he had two kids in that previous marriage and his son ended up dying by committing suicide. He was schizophrenic and long story short, he saw his perfect happy little family suffering because of him in his mind. So he was trying to be noble or I don't really understand, you'll never be able to get into the head of someone else like that, but he ended up killing himself. And my dad had to experience that trauma and the loss of a child. I think that that would be the hardest thing anyone could go through. I cannot imagine. And it was his own fear coming out and his own dire need to keep me safe, keep me protected, have me thrive in life. And he didn't recognize just how devastating that control was, just how devastating those fights were. And the fact that I was not allowed to be my own person. I wasn't allowed to listen to Britney Spears or the Backstreet Boys. I was only allowed to listen to classical music and Frank Sinatra and the, the only real music out there. He tried to get me into golf because that was the sport of the future and the sport of successful people. If I didn't like it, if I didn't want to get into it, then that meant I was going to be a failure for the rest of my life. And he wanted nothing to do with me. He ended up disowning me in college because... I would not give him signed papers from all of my professors, my therapist, my resident advisor, every adult or authority figure in my life. He wanted signed consent forms from all of them that he could call them at any time and find out how I was doing, what I was up to and everything. Mind you, I was such into the good girl conditioning, I did not do anything bad. I did not do anything to warrant that. I would party a little bit, but my parents were okay with that. I was always very responsible. I would only have one drink pretty much and never did drugs, never did anything bad. And I obviously had my eating disorder. So I understand that he was probably scared of losing me. He was trying to navigate something new and try to figure out how to handle that. When that happened and I told him with HIPAA regulations and stuff like that's literally against the law, he cannot do that. So he disowned me at that point. We didn't talk for about a year until he had his near-death experience, and that was the changing point for our relationship. The fact that I dropped everything to be by his bedside made him recognize that he needed to let go of the control and allow me to be my own person, live my own life, make my own mistakes and it provided us the opportunity to really work on our relationship and you know by the time he died last year we had a beautiful relationship he was so compassionate he was so supportive he was my biggest cheerleader that experience was the greatest miracle of my life because honestly I don't know if I've ever shared this on here because it's something that I am really ashamed of and don't really talk about, but when I was younger, I used to literally pray that he would die. He was so emotionally abusive, so toxic to our entire family, to majority of people in his life that... I thought my life would be better off without him. I knew, honestly, I knew my life would be better off without him at that point, but I'm so grateful to God, the universe, for knowing the greater plan and giving me the opportunity to have him stick around and eventually salvage our relationship and on his deathbed last year he apologized for so many things that i never thought he would take ownership of and it was so healing So I pray if you have experienced a tumultuous relationship with a family member growing up that you're able to get that healing experience as well. I also recognize that that is not the norm. That is not common. So I think that the best path is to work on your own healing and setting boundaries, distancing yourself, doing whatever you need to do for your mental health. Because at the end of the day, that is your primary concern is to focus on your mental health. and. We live in a society where we're taught to put others first, but we really need to put ourselves first. fill up your own cup first, and then you can help others. If that means cutting off a family member, then you have to really seriously consider doing that because that was... Something that we had to go through to eventually come back together and really fight for the relationship. Recognize that it was something that we wanted at the end of the day. So that was my experience with my father. And then, of course, you know, daddy issues galore. I ended up getting into an abusive relationship right out of college. I ended up getting engaged to a guy who... Older than me. Let's see. I was probably around 24 and I think he was 33. And He was extremely emotionally abusive, and don't get me wrong, it was a toxic relationship on both sides. He pulled out sides of me that I am not proud of. I used to say terrible things, and I never got physically abusive with him, but I would call him, you know, an asshole, and it's never helpful to call people names or say things like that. So, I'm definitely guilty of feeding into it. I behaved in a way that I'm not proud of and I've learned the lessons but I'm reluctant to call him abusive. I mean he was very emotionally abusive like that's for sure but I'm reluctant to say he was physically abusive because there were only a few instances. So first we were fighting in a hotel And I was raising my voice, and he was very big on appearances. He never wanted anyone to know the true side of him. And so he got really mad about the fact that I was getting loud, which, I mean, I shouldn't have been getting loud. Again, it was toxic on both sides. It takes two to tango. So he was pissed off about that, and he grabbed my jaw to shut me up. And he didn't like squeeze or really hurt me, but just the fact that that instinct was to physically stop me from doing something scared me. So that was the first instance. Then there was another time where we were living together in his house. I woke up early to make him breakfast and he came in and he was so grateful and everything. Then I don't remember exactly what it was like, I said something wrong and I didn't mean to obviously, but he got triggered really easily. I was constantly walking on eggshells. I mean, again, daddy issues, but like that's exactly how it was with my dad too. So we ended up fighting. I had a glass of water that I was drinking in the kitchen and I got really mad. And so I took the glass of water and I threw the water into the sink. Like I was holding the glass. I didn't throw the glass or anything, but I threw the water into the sink and set the glass down. He was obsessed with his hardwood floors. And so like a few drops of water got onto his floor and he was livid. And so he grabbed my throat. And again, he didn't squeeze, he didn't strangle me, but that instinct was there to grab my throat. And I don't know what would have happened if I continued to stay with him because it just kept escalating. The final thing was we were in a hotel in San Diego and he was a belligerent drunk. And so he agreed to stop drinking at one point. He hadn't been drinking for a while. We were doing well. And he went to a bachelor party and I was like hey you know I know things have been going really well so I trust you if you want to have one or two drinks it'll be fine. He ended up coming back to the hotel room belligerently drunk. He was banging on the door because he couldn't figure it out and it was like two in the morning so I had been asleep. I let him in and I tried to kind of calm him down but that was not happening and so we ended up getting into a big fight and I wanted to leave the hotel room to go for a walk get some space things were really escalating and he worked for homeland security so he carried his gun around with him everywhere I tried to go out of the hotel room. And again, he was so big on appearances and some of his friends were staying in the hotel with us and he was paranoid about any of them seeing me like out in the hallway crying or something. So he tried to stop me from leaving the hotel room. And as I was opening the door, he grabbed my shoulders and he like pushed me backwards. And he didn't realize that there was a door behind me. And so the knob of the door hit my back and I fractured my back. And I, again, I'm reluctant to say that he was abusive, which I'm sure is like, you know, stereotypical victim blaming myself or like making excuses, but he wouldn't have really hurt me in that case if the door handle hadn't been there. So I think that it was definitely not okay, but it wouldn't have been nearly as bad if the circumstances were different. So yeah, he ended up fracturing my back and it it was the stereotypical like abusive relationship where then he felt so terrible, I'm so sorry, this will never happen again, like buying the flowers and all of that shit to win me back. So I ended up staying with him for a while after that, but I knew that I really wanted to have kids. I was able to recognize how much trauma I went through with my dad and it hit me one day oh my god I'm about to marry my father like fuck I am getting into the emotionally abusive relationship and he was escalating with the physical abuse as well so who knows where that would go if I stayed with him I had such little self-worth at that time that I wasn't going to leave him for myself, but again, I knew I wanted to have kids, and I realized that I could not put my future kids through the same thing that I went through, and that was enough. That was the catalyst for me finally finding the courage to leave him. He went out of town one weekend and I told him that I was going to leave. I packed up all of my stuff and moved it into storage and got the hell out of there and that was one of the hardest things I've ever done but one of the most courageous and something that i'm so grateful for after that i got into another relationship like a year or two later i always tried to take a year or two off between relationships or more you know this past time it, or like the time before that it was like three or four years but i like to just take time to find myself again and figure out what worked for me in the past relationship, what didn't work, and really kind of figure out what I wanted to have in the future. And just take some time for myself to be selfish and do whatever I want when I want kind of thing. So my next relationship, he really helped me figure out how to be in a healthy relationship again, because I remember our first fight, like I just blew up. I was so toxic and he was able to talk me through it and be there, be supportive and just teach me how to be in a healthy relationship, and I'm so grateful to him for that, and obviously it didn't work out for a reason. I had to end things because, I mean, it was codependent, so I don't know how healthy it was, but I am so grateful for each and every relationship that I've been through because each one has forced me to grow and learn, and now with uh, my current boyfriend, it is so unbelievably oh, just the best relationship I've ever had. It, I mean, hell, it's the best relationship I've even seen other people have. And I'm just so grateful for our communication and the support and love, and it is easily the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. So yeah, everything happens for a reason. I know I've said that before, but truly the universe always has your back. And I'm so grateful for each and every relationship that I've been through because each guy has taught me so much about myself and what I want, what I don't want, and just brought me to where I am now. And I'm so much happier than I ever thought possible. So a few of the lessons that I've had to learn along the way as far as healing from abuse from family members and relationships are first and foremost, learning to love myself. When you don't love yourself, you're gonna put up with so much more bullshit. You can only accept the love from others equal to how much you love yourself. So when I was in that toxic relationship, I had zero self-worth. I had zero self-love. I have really worked so hard through coaching, through therapy, through personal development, spiritual development. I've worked so hard on myself to the point that now I can say I truly love myself. Like, don't get me wrong. I have body dysmorphia days. I have time where I feel shame or guilt or you know different things like that I'm human we're only human at the end of the day but I can say that I love myself so much more I'm sure that that is why I have I dated a couple of guys and they were fantastic guys but I waited until I found the right guy Taylor loves me in a way that I can never imagine in my wildest dreams and I really coming into this relationship I truly loved myself so much yet he is expanding that even more and helping me love myself more and more every day and it's so cute because like my ex He was a great boyfriend, but after we broke up, I realized that he would say little things unintentionally that cut me down. And I walked away from our relationship feeling so much less worthy than when I entered it. And Taylor just constantly speaks life into me. He like just Is anytime I say something self-deprecating, he catches me and is like, no, 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 you don't talk about my girlfriend that way. And... He is helping me watch my language and just learning to treat myself with so much more love and respect. And I'm so grateful for this relationship that I manifested because I really have put so much work into myself. So now I love myself enough that I'm not going to settle for anything less. And I'm so grateful for God universe for bringing him into my life. Then another piece of advice that I have for learning to heal from these relationships is setting boundaries. That's so much easier said than done, especially with family members, especially with relationships. So I think of it as Setting energetic boundaries is key as well. Think of it as you have a glass ball and when you hand that glass ball to someone knowing how they act, knowing damn well that they are going to abuse you, then when they drop that ball and shatter it, that's on you because you need to have those energetic boundaries knowing that, oh, you know, like... My dad, for instance, daddy's just daddying again, like when he's yelling or something, when he was back in the day, he hasn't done that in years. But when he used to, if I had had these tools, I could have said, oh, daddy's just daddying again, and I could let it wash off my back. And my mom told me that one day she had an epiphany that she was going to let his anger wash off her back too because he used to yell and yell to get a reaction. And eventually she got to the point where she was just like, "Mm, no. And when he would yell, she would just sit there visualizing like being a duck and having the, the anger and the words washing off her back. And she wouldn't let it affect her anymore. So I think that that is key is to set those energetic boundaries and don't give them your heart anymore. Recognize that they are just being themselves And unfortunately, that is the best that they can do and try to recognize that they are just doing the best they can do. That sounds crazy sometimes because like, how is hitting me the best that someone can do? But we don't know everything that they've been through, all of their traumas, maybe that's what they witnessed growing up or who knows what exactly led someone to where they are. But one thing that I know for sure is that every single person is doing the best that they can do right here in this moment. They might be in survival mode. I know I did some things when I was in survival mode that I'm not proud of, yet that's all I knew at that time. Then finally, another thing is to distance yourself. Again, that's so much easier said than done. In many cases, I know that my dad and I had to distance ourselves to eventually come back and really fight for our relationship in a new way tough if you are married or if you have kids together. You know, there are circumstances that I've never been through, so I can't fully speak to it. But if you need to walk away, then I fully support that. Do what is best for yourself. Don't feed into the codependency, don't feed into the cycle of abuse. Walk away, set those boundaries, do what's best for yourself, and take care of yourself. Because at the end of the day, you are the most important person in your life, you know? (laughs) Know that like child mistreatment can lead to serious mental health concerns, So if you are struggling, if you grew up in an abusive household, just know that you're not alone and that you're not broken, that you're not bad or wrong. You're simply doing the best you can. It makes sense that you would struggle with things. And so I'm going to give some advice on how to heal and move forward in life. But a few of the different mental health concerns include anxiety, depression, PTSD, and the list goes on and on and it's so hard when you grew up in a house with abuse it's so hard to cope in this world and figure out how to handle your emotions and there's so many things that other people will never fully understand but again just recognize that there is hope and you can get better and it's all just one day at a time a couple of tips i have is one Recognize the effects of trauma. If you are living your day-to-day life on autopilot, it's easy to not even recognize how your trauma affects. Just start to get curious about it. If you have anxiety, if you have depression, if you are dealing with addiction, or you are super controlling, or you don't give a shit about anything in life, like whatever it is, just start to get curious. Yes and recognize how your trauma has affected you because that's the starting point for actually being able to heal it, and that's something that my coaching has really helped me with, and therapy. Therapy is more focused on the past, so I highly, highly recommend you try therapy, and then coaching is more focused on the future. So they go hand-in-hand together, and I am currently taking one-on-one clients, so if you're interested in talking and learning more about coaching and how I can help you move forward with your life, then please DM me at HealthyFoodieTX. And after you've learned how it affects you, start to understand the importance of healing. Recognize that this life you're living, if you're living in survival mode, It does not have to be the norm for the rest of your life. It is possible to heal. It's possible to find joy again, to feel your feelings again, not having to numb out all the time. It's possible to have Excitement and play and rest, and not constantly need to be hustling or going or distracting yourself, or you know, all the different ways that trauma can play out in your life. Just start to understand that healing is possible and hold on to that glimmer of hope. Another little piece of advice is get into exercise. When we grow up in fight or flight all the time, our body gets stuck in that anxiety, that high tension. And when you exercise, that helps you release it and start to get that somatic healing because the trauma is stored in the body. And just moving your body, treating it with respect, learning to build that mind-body connection and honoring your body makes such a big difference. Then also embrace creativity. Your brain has been deeply affected by trauma and creativity helps you find joy again, find your inner child again and just play and create art or whatever creativity looks like for you. I know that for me, it is a lot of the times in the kitchen. I used to think that I wasn't a creative person at all, but I'm loving coming up with my really unique ice cream flavors and different vegan meals that are delicious and nutritious. There are so many different outlets for creativity and it doesn't have to be the standard. It doesn't have to be painting or drawing or whatever that is. There, you can make music, you can dance. You know, There's so many different outlets for creativity but that really is necessary to get out of the mental blockages that you experienced after suffering through abuse. Also, don't be afraid to seek help. I know that we live in a society where for so long there was that stigma against therapy that only broken people would do it or, oh, that's, you know, only... Deeply wounded people, but recognize that there's big T trauma and little t trauma. And even if you weren't experiencing big T trauma, like physical abuse or anything, that little t trauma, the toxicity, the controlling, that is really traumatic as well. Therapy can help so much with that. If you live in Texas, I have a spiritual therapist who is freaking life changing. Like I've referred her to a lot of my friends who also love her and she incorporates both the somatic healing so the trauma in the body as well as the talk therapy and she's just so talented i can't recommend her enough so if you're interested in that reach out to me as well and again Coaching is huge because it helps you to move forward in life and after experiencing so much abuse, it's easy to get stuck and not know how to have healthy relationships or how to have a successful career or thrive in your day-to-day routines or whatever you're really struggling with. Coaching takes those and we can move forward and figure out how to best Live your life to a point where if you're getting by day to day, that's not the way to live. What you want to do is be thriving. You want to wake up every day So excited to get out of bed. And that's how I am now, all thanks to coaching. So, highly, highly recommend. And if you are curious, again, I'm taking one on one clients right now. So, just shoot me a DM. Or I have so many different friends as well. That if I'm not your cup of tea, I have plenty of guests on my podcast who are also coaches. Let me know if you're curious about any of them and I can put you in touch with them as well. I guess what I want to leave you with is first of all start to get curious about how the abuse is affecting you in your day-to-day life now and also start to recognize the qualities of what a healthy relationship even looks like when you grow up in an abusive household or get into abusive relationships it's hard to really know what a healthy relationship even looks like so if that means you have to research it and just start to plant the seed so that you can start manifesting the right relationship, the healthy relationship and find someone who's going to be supportive because it's going to take growing pains, unfortunately. But that's part of life. And thank God for those people out there who are willing to walk us through that because so many people need help learning how to be in a healthy relationship and understand that that abuse was not okay. It was never okay. And I'm so sorry that you went through that. And just know that it is not your fault. You are not to blame. You never were to blame and I hope that you never were made to feel like that but I know I was I felt like it was my fault I felt like I was not good enough or I was not worthy enough of love but that's not the case it's the other person's issues recognize that You are whole and perfect as you are. Also understand that abuse is a cycle. You need to break this cycle. If you are in an abusive relationship now, you need to walk away And really do deep inner work on yourself because until you learn to love yourself, you are going to continue that cycle and get into another abusive relationship over and over again. But you are so worthy of love. You are so worthy of being treated with respect and not having to walk on eggshells and then reach out to family and friends that are supportive. You shouldn't have to go through this alone. If I am that person for you, please know that I'm always here for you. And again, there are people in your life who can help you and you don't have to go through these things alone. I know that when I was in my abusive relationship, that was part of the abuse was that he isolated me. I didn't really have any friends in the area and I didn't have people to talk to because he, again, was all about image. He didn't want people to know what was going on. That was one of the worst parts was having to go through all of that alone, but that's not right and that's not okay if you are in a relationship where someone is trying to isolate you, get the hell out and just know that this is not something that you need to go through alone. If you can find anyone there are people out there to help you and seek the guidance of a professional there are women's shelters there's therapists there's coaches there's so many different things and now that i think about it i actually had a client who was in an abusive relationship and i helped her find the confidence to break free and reclaim her life and it was such a beautiful moment and that's not fully part of coaching because we don't deal with the really dangerous things just for liability reasons but that was just kind of part of the other coaching that we did was working on her self-worth and her confidence and through that she was able to break out of that abusive relationship it was so incredible to witness and be a part of that journey so just Seek the guidance of a professional and stand up for yourself. Be confident and always keep in mind the reasons why their behavior is not appropriate. Recognize again that this is not healthy, that this is not your fault, that this is their own issues, their own traumas, and fuck them because this is not okay at all. So find the things that make you happy in life. After you break free, start to seek out what makes you happy find your joy fight for your joy after being in an abusive relationship it's so easy to lose yourself and to lose that for life, but find it again because it's in there, it's somewhere hidden so deep within you after experiencing the traumas and the abuse. But just know that it's waiting to come out and you can find joy again. Just get curious about what makes you happy is that going to museums? Is it traveling? Is it going to concerts? Is it drawing or painting? Is it connecting with friends? Is it volunteering at At the animal shelter, there's so many different things. I actually volunteered at the women's shelter after my abusive relationship, and that was very healing for me, being able to help other women who are experiencing the same thing that I used to go through and that I was able to break free from. So just start to find what makes you happy in life and chase that joy because you are so worthy. I hope that you guys got something out of this episode if anything just know that you're not alone that it is not your fault and that it is possible to reclaim your life again and I'm going to include in the show notes the number for the domestic abuse hotline and reach out to them. If it's anything that I can help with, please DM me Healthy Foodie TX or the Perfectly Broken Podcast. I cannot wait to see you next week. It's going to be a great episode with my friend Valerie, and we are going to be sharing our tips for living the best life. So I will talk to y'all then, bye.